0: Well, the saga over the controversial bike lane on Stanley Park Drive, occupying a vehicle lane, reached its final crossroads uh, last night. As expected, Vancouver Park Board Commissioners approved a member motion uh, by ABC Commissioner Angela Hare to remove the temporary bike lane that has been in place for much of the last three years. It was a 6-1 vote. Uh, And the motion orders Park Board staff to immediately remove the traffic barriers of the temporary bike lane and restore Stanley Park drives pre-pandemic traffic configuration of two lanes uh, for vehicles. Joining me now to discuss last night's uh, vote is Scott Jensen, chair of the Vancouver Park Board. Scott, thank you for joining us today.
1: Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Am I caller
0: number six, by the way? Unfortunately, you're not. Uh, We are in the midst of... uh, uh, They're calling right now. It's buzzing away, you can tell. But you are not caller number six, my friend. Uh, Better luck next time. But we are going to try to give uh, give away more things at 4.45, so stay tuned. But let's talk a little bit about uh, last night. How important was last night's vote for yourself uh, and your ABC uh, colleagues? It
1: was very important. I think we set forth with a a very detailed plan in regards to uh, the future of the current temporary bike lane and how we envision that moving forward into uh, a permanent uh, uh, cycling infrastructure through the park. And, and again, uh, we were looking to create a balanced approach. That's what we ran on in the summer. Um, and uh, that's what really uh, gave us a success in October 15th. You mm-hmm. know, Our, our success was, was built around us creating a balanced approach that resonated across the city.
0: And just to confirm now, you are now going to work towards uh, a a permanent bike lane solution. uh, And what is the timeline for that?
1: Well, we have asked that uh, staff report back to us on or before December 15th. And again, uh, the purpose of that is is to ensure that we are doing this in a financially sound manner and also in a manner that uh, ensures the safety uh, of all users of the park. Again, we're ensuring that the cyclists that currently are using that, that route uh, will be safe as this transition occurs. Also that the, the motorists are aware of, of the configuration as they go around Stanley Park. So one of the concerns that we've heard, uh, both from the cycling community and from the uh, those that access the park through other vehicle modes, is that the signage is not very clear, and this is because of the temporary nature of, of the park uh, of the the lane. And with our move towards a permanent uh, infrastructure, you're going to see uh, better signage. You're going to see painting on on the on the, le- on the ground, and and so I think it's going to be a much better. Um, Infrastructure
0: for all users. Now, one of the things that I've heard on this show, uh, and we you know, the, the conversation around um, you know uh, reinstating those lanes for uh, motorists to, to to come into the park, we've had that conversation. Has it had uh, an impact on the park board's uh, ability to uh, 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 to attract revenue? Because, to my understanding, fifty percent is that. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Fifty percent of the park board's budget comes from revenue it collects uh, in and around Vancouver, but more importantly for me, is did it have the, the the ban itself or moving the bike lane there? Did it have an impact on revenue?
1: Yes, it did. And, and to, to look back, you know, pre-pandemic, uh, the parking revenue at that time was just over five million dollars in in the Stanley Park area. So that's looking at not only the parking lots but also the the, the parking that was along the, the Stanley Park Drive, mm-hmm. and so many of those lots have been reopened however there are many uh areas where the parking has not been returned and if i can look back at that time um sorry to interrupt but uh you know prospect point um that area just around there uh that was bringing in almost ninety-one thousand dollars a year so we're looking close to a hundred thousand dollars a year in lost revenue just along street parking in that area um from lumberman's arch to pipeline, you're looking at forty-five thousand dollars again of lost revenue. So when when we're looking at uh, those difficult decisions in, in setting our fees, um, I would rather us be able to generate fees from uh, individuals coming voluntarily to the park and parking their car and enjoying the Stanley Park for what it is, um, and investing in our parks and infrastructure that way, rather than raising fees across the city. And so. Um, with us returning uh, parking throughout the park, we're going to see better revenues and we're going to be able to invest
0: that money into our parks and our facilities. When you said 5 million in revenue, is that citywide or just Stanley Park? That's just
1: Stanley Park. So uh, Stanley Park has almost uh, 20 different areas where you can park. and so looking at those uh, revenue figures from uh, 2017 to 2019, that's the annual, annual average of, of 5180775 So it's, it's a pretty significant amount of money.
0: And how close do you think you'll be for 2022? Now, partially it's been COVID, but partially it, we've had these lanes the lane closed. Any idea what revenue will be this year so far or wh- wh- which way it's headed?
1: Uh, at this point, we've asked staff to, to report back to us with those figures. So those figures have not been... Um, Uh, brought to us as of yet because of the fact that there are many lots that are currently open in other areas that are not. So uh, we've asked for an exhaustive report to come back to us that clearly outlines where parking is open and available and which areas uh, parking is still not returned to pre-COVID levels. And so we want to be able to look at all of that data. And again, that's going to be part of what we're looking at uh, on December 15th, on or before that, or maybe as they report back to us uh, just around February of 2023.
0: Now, this temporary bike lane, uh, there were pylons there, to my understanding. What was the cost of even this temporary lane in regards to just the cost of the pylons or or the barriers? I'm just curious. Uh,
1: Well, again, and and my research into this, um, which, you know, again, a lot of this information has not uh, really been brought forth, and and looking at just... um, different uh, news cycles and looking at the financials, it's been very difficult. But the number that I'm looking at currently is basically $300,000 to to set up the the pylons um, when it was initially put in um, in 2020. So uh, I'm going to be requesting more data in regards to what the full cost was in regards to setting up this temporary bike lane.
0: So was that a one-time cost of the setting, up, uh, setting up the, the – uh, is, it, is, it, is it like a concrete barrier? Because I, I haven't been there in a while. Or is it just the actual sort of pylons and stuff like that? That, that was the rental cost.
1: So the, the costs that were quoted out uh, in, in the
0: media at that time was $300,000 for cones and uh, some concrete barriers. And that was a one-time cost, or is this a yearly cost? It,
1: at this point in time, uh, it looked like it was a one-time cost. However, I have re- requested that information from the Park Board so that we can understand whether or not this is a year-over-year expenditure or not. Uh, again, the, the information that has been shared with us uh, was very top-level in regards mm-hmm. to a lot of the, the information and a lot of the, the finer point details in regards to the financing um, they are reporting back to us with that. And again, it, we would have liked to have that information a lot earlier mm-hmm. um, how, at where we are right now. Uh, we are look, we're more concerned in regards to the lost revenue and, and where we are moving forward and looking at regaining that.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I, I understand where you're coming from, but I just find it interesting that even if it was a one-time cost, taxpayers have paid $300,000 for concrete barriers and cones, which inevitably led to lost revenue, which is also, uh, if the park board doesn't have that revenue, it then has to go to City Hall uh, to, to recoup that revenue to cover its basic costs. So we're spending money to reduce uh, dollars coming in. I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just saying the previous park board and its decision cost money in regards to setting up this, this lane, and then that led to a loss of revenue as well. Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: You're absolutely correct. And that's why it was so important that this was one of the first items that we brought to the board and one of the first items that we passed. It was significant. This will change the direction of where we, where we go with, uh, with this board in the next four years.
0: Scott, thank you so much for your time. Always appreciate uh, you making time for us uh, and uh, look forward to chatting in the fe- with you in the future as well. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much, Jeff.